0: people with your host, Dennis Deary. Much going on right now in the world, not only the United States, but all over the world. And basically, we need to go back to the tenets of faith. What does the rule book say? If God created man in his own image, then obviously we should obey God, our creator. He gave us 66 books in the word of God. An instruction book, if you will, showing us the way, the truth, and the light. But we have to adhere to it, not only being a reader of the Word and hearing it, but we must be a doer of the Word. But some things seem hard, and some things are hard to be understood, just as Peter talking about Paul, the revelation given to him, of some things, of things of faith, which are hard to be understood, but those that wrestle these scriptures bring it upon themselves swift destruction. Now, we know that God is love, and we know that Jesus said, Suffer the little children for forbid them not. He loves the little children. But there are disobedient children that will fall upon the wrath of God, upon the children of disobedience. The wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. So as we take a look at some scriptures, and we'll read it right out of the Word of God, and see that uh, happy that is a man that hath his quiver full of children. And why is he blessed? It is blessed of the Lord. But we'll also see that we are to train up our children in the way that they should go. In the admonition and nurture uh, of God. And when they're older, uh, they will not depart from it. He didn't say they would not depart when they were younger, but when they're older. They would not depart from it. In other words, they would return to the basics that they have been taught, knowing that those uh, traits that uh, nurturing in God will be prevalent in their lives, but it has to be born again. The individual has to be born again. And somebody said, well, why if we are made in the uh, likeness and image of God, and we do retain the residue of the spirit, even though after the fall, there's some good traits, but the very essence in a human being is disobedience. We're going to see that Paul said, therefore, in my members, that is flesh, there is a law of sin and death. Therefore, in my members in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. And only God is good. So sin separates us from God. And we're after the old Adamic nature. Now, as we read the word of God, we'll see that children are a blessing. And we want to emphasize that. But as we go longer uh, in the the tradition tradition of the elders, making the word of God an effect, uh, the closer we get to the coming of the Lord, the more uh, the disobedient will manifest themselves in the earth. Evil men and seducers will wax worse and worse, and we'll see these things. They'll be disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, uh, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. This we're seeing in today's society and all over the world, in every nation in every country and every continent. As we see in the Word of God in Ephesians 2, it talks there in verse 2, where in times past, we all of us, we walked according to the course of this world. Now, we know if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is of the world, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, and the lust of the flesh. The world passes away, the lust thereof, and but whosoever doeth, the will of God shall abide forever. But to do the will of God, you cannot do it through the works of the flesh. And that is where the law failed, even though it was righteous, even though it was holy in what the law could not do, in that it was weak in the flesh. God sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. So Paul said, even while he had the Holy Ghost, that which I would do, that I do not. That which I would not do, that I do. Therefore I find in my members the law. In my members, in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. And he talks about, oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from the body of this death. Now, we all go through what is right, what is wrong. And this is in the human spirit of man, called the conscience, what we have learned, con with science, conscience with science, through experimenting. For example, if a child uh, touches a burner uh, he knows or she knows that from then that point on uh, it's going to hurt because you're going to get burnt. Well, the things that we learn not only in the natural but in the uh, not physical realm but metaphysical as well, things that we can and cannot do. And this is uh, of what has to be taught, and we learn it with conscience, which is in the spirit of man. Our intuition are things that we are giving that we did not learn with a human intellect. A person has a gift and a gift's a calling of God without repentance. Uh, Someone has a musical ability, uh, born with it. Others have mechanical ability. Others have photogenic memories, uh, different abilities that God gives. And of course, this is in the intuition, in the spirit of man, not which he's learned by intellect uh, and with the intellectual knowledge. Well uh we see paul talking to the church at ephesus and he goes on and says we are in the times past we were according to the prince of the power of the air in other words there was a spirit that worked there the spirit that now worketh and it works in the children of disobedience now the wicked the devil takes it will they do not have power to overcome The only power to overcome is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So it becomes a battle between good and evil. And that is to say in our flesh, no good thing and only God is good. As we go on in the book of Ephesians, we see that uh, he speaks of the children of disobedience, the wrath of God abides on the children of disobedience. Now, We see that in Ephesians 5, verse 6. And somebody said, well, how can a God, that is love, do such things? Because he's holy. He cannot deny himself, cannot deny his word. And his nature is holiness. He is holy, and we have to be holy. So therefore, in Ephesians 5, verse 6, it says, let no man deceive you with vain words. For because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. And we have to walk in the light as he's in the light. Then we have fellowship one with another, the body of Christ, blood flow, and life flowing in the body of Christ. And you're cleansed from all, all unrighteousness, all sin. Well, when we take a look at the blessings of the children that God gives through childbearing, and we see in Proverbs that the Lord is saying the blessings there in Proverbs 17. And it says in Proverbs 17, verse 6, Children's children... Are the crown of old men, and the glory of children are their fathers. Very, very good thing. We see also that, as a duty of a parent, which the parent does have, do, have the responsibility of their children to train them up in the ways, in the rudiments, uh, in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. It's up to the parents to do so. And it says there in Proverbs uh, 22, verse 6, Train up a child in the way he should go. Now, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the light. He's our example. We must do what he says. Not just a hearer of the word, but a doer. And he said, When he is old, he will not depart from it. Now, that didn't mean that the child's going to always be obedience, but in the formative years, in the early years, in a young child's life, there are trained just like you would train a horse uh, there, but that in a crowd uh, that used on a police force, and yet horses trained that no matter what, it stays in obedience uh, to their rider, and it's trained, well-trained. Well, the same as we train up a child, not saying they're anywhere uh, like a horse, uh, but definitely are uh, children that are uh, called of God as for a holy seed. God seeketh such uh, for a holy seed. And the unbelieving uh, husband or wife is sanctified by the believing husband. Otherwise, your children were unclean, but now they sanctified not saved, but sanctified, uh, called for the master's use. So it's very important of how and the uh, the way that we obey God in the family, in the household. Now, this also goes into uh, the household of faith where God uses a chastening rod uh, that all that he loves, he chasteneth. And if any man be without uh, chastisement, any believer, then he's a bastard and not a son. Now, no chastisements, chastisements for the present time seemeth to be joyous, but afterward yields the peaceable fruits of righteousness. And that righteousness is unto holiness, protectors of God's divine nature. So that rod is essential. Now, we also see that in the law, as we go back uh, in Leviticus, to the act to the Levitical law. And it says uh, very basically uh, Leviticus twenty and uh, uh, verse six for everyone that curses his father or his mother shall be surely put to death. He hath cursed his father or his mother, his blood shall be upon him. Now, we know that God's a God of love, but yet this is a very strong judgment. And that is uh, uh, exactly, according to the holiness of God, his divine judgment. It's precepts, statutes, that we already have uh, the verdict that God is going to do, for we have a precedent. He tells us exactly what he's going to do in judgment. Now, some of the things are going to seem to be hard, and yeah, we're talking death here, and a physical death there to the natural son or daughter that curses the father or mother shall be put to death. The blood shall be put on his own head, but we also see that, uh, that in the disobedient children, uh, in the church of the living God, the, uh, the children shall be utterly cast out and will not enter into the kingdom of heaven. And we have to grow up in him in all things. So it has not only a physical, but a spiritual reference as well. When we also see under the law in Exodus, he gives us in Exodus 20, the Ten Commandments. And the thing is noteworthy that you have two tables of stone. And on one table of stone, five commandments. And on the other tables of stone, five commandments. But there is a unique order there, that four commandments are toward God, the first four, and then the last six are toward mankind. But we find in the fifth commandment, to honor your father and mother, that your days may be long upon the earth. Now, every promise and that we keep also has a reward with it. Well, what do we do? We honor our father and mother, and he says, "Why that your days may be long upon the earth." We find that in the fifth commandment. You'll see that in Exodus 20, uh, verse 12. Well, uh, we also see that that every other commandment after that is toward man, but this is on the side of God. Why? Because God seeks a holy seed a generation that will be a Christ generation. God have provided some better thing for us that those that died in faith having never received the promise without us should not be made perfect. And we see that in Hebrews 13. God has called us unto holiness. He's called us unto the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ and to a perfect man. And that is the knowledge of the Son of God and a perfect image of Jesus Christ. And He gave a fivefold ministry to help get us there. He gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints. That's the first uh, premise there of the fivefold ministry to begin with. Not the Lord over God's heritage, but to be servants, to literally bring forth the body of Christ unto perfection through these great and exceedingly uh, precious promises given to us, whereby we escape the corruption of the world through lust, that we might be made partakers of his divine nature. So a minister preaches these great and, and excellent and exceedingly great promises of God, and each one has a reward. It's not, well, you just do it and that's it, and, but God rewards us simply for obedience. And therefore, it's a good thing that we obey God. But those of governments of this world, obviously because it's of the world, come against that, saying that the the basic nature of man is good and not evil, does not have to be born again, uh, that simply man left to himself will be good. But we're going to see in Exodus there, Uh, when he talks about Exodus 21. And again, it says in verse 17, uh, he that curses his father or his mother shall be put to death. Now, that is a very strong, a strong judgment. It is a judgment that is holy and is righteous. There we have the ways of life, the way, the truth, and the life. But to turn from it, is the ways of death and uh, there is a way that seemeth right to a man but then thereof are the ways of death so when we take a good look at it why would god be so severe because it's set before us the ways of life and the ways of death blessings and cursing it's simply if we do the will of god we're blessed if we do not do the will of god we're cursed Now, take a look at the severity of the judgment of God. And not only are we talking in the physical, but the spiritual realm as well. That we must obey the Lord Jesus Christ unto the measure, the stature, the fullness of Jesus, literally growing up into him in all things, all things of faith. So we're not tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. And so much the more, as we see the day approaching, because evil men and seduces waxing worse and worse. So you're as a light in an evil and an adulterous generation. Let your light shine. Here we have in Deuteronomy verse chapter twenty-one, verse eighteen. Now take a look at the severity. Then why we should fear God. Because the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. Knowledge in itself is not wisdom. We have knowledge all over. The Internet, more so now than ever before, you don't have to go to the library, uh, get an Encyclopedia Britannica, uh, world books, anything else. Uh, You can simply uh, Google something in a few seconds, have knowledge. But knowledge is not wisdom. And wisdom crieth at the gate because the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. And without God, there is no wisdom. So any atheist nation or government that wants to lift up self, mammon, money, rather than God, the first thing will be to come against the Bible, come against God, come against all that is holy or that is righteous, and literally uh, quench it, stamp it out the best that you can, just as Hitler tried to do in World War II in Germany. And it's a little by little, like the old saying, a frog in the water, if you throw the frog in hot water, immediately it will jump out in boiling water. But if you put the frog in in cool water, put a fire in under the pot, and as the water becomes increasingly hot, the frog will not realize it and will stay in there even until the time he boils completely. And it's a gradual, it's the little foxes that destroy the vine. It's the little things that come in, and the devil knows that a little leaven, leaveneth a whole lump. So we must be diligent. We must be seeking the Lord God in all truth, not partial truth, not as just newborn babies or little children, but we have to grow up in him and all things unto perfection. And that is before the second advent of the Lord Jesus Christ because it's coming back for a church without spot and without blemish. And that is the reason why. This disobedience, which is the sin of witchcraft, is so strong and so uh, it seems severe from our Lord Jesus Christ. As we take a look in Deuteronomy 21, verse 18, if a man have a stubborn and rebellious son, which will not obey the voice of his father. Now we think, now wait a minute, Uh, we're born good. And so everything will be good, but it tells us there very simply that uh, the spirit of man, we see, is in as in Ephesians two, verse three, that everyone is apparently inherently good. We hear Paul say among whom uh, that these children of bitter, children of disobedience among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lust of the flesh. All of us did. Fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind and were by nature. Notice the nature here. The Adamic nature that we're all born with. By nature. We are all by nature the children of wrath even as others, all were born that way, conceived in sin, shaped in iniquity, none good, no, not one. That's the reason why it's so essential that we're born again. So by nature, when a person's born, the child does not have to be taught how to do those things that are of the world, to lie, to cheat, whatever the case is. It's in the nature. It's a fallen nature. But the good news is God... As freely given to us these exceedingly great and precious promises that we can be born again and be protectors of his divine nature and put off the old man, which is after the flesh. And uh, though it is the outward man's perishing day by day, yet the inward man created after Christ Jesus is renewed to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, which brings uh, uh, the final reward, eternal life, a crown of life. well, in the judgment side, if a person does not heed that, what is given to us, in these exceedingly great and precious promises, paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ Himself, then He says, "This is the fate of a disobedient child," and says there in Deuteronomy twenty-one, verse eighteen, "If a man have a stubborn and rebellious son, which will not obey the voice of his father." Now, this goes just as well in the spiritual realm as the physical, or the voice of his mother, and that when they have chastened him. Now, God also tells us on the spiritual side, he that being often reproved stiffens his neck and hardens his heart shall be cut off and that without remedy. In other words, there's no hope then because it's total disobedience. Well, the same here. That after you have chastened this child and he will not hearken unto them, to the mother or the father, then shall his father and his mother, both of them will lay hold on him and bring him out unto the elders of his city and unto the gates of his place. And they shall say to the elders of, the, of his city, this our son is stubborn and rebellious. He will not obey our voice. He is glutton and a drunkard. Now look at how severe this punishment is. And all the men of his city shall stone him with stones that he die. So shalt thou put evil away from among you. And all Israel shall hear and fear. And somebody said, well, that's awfully uh, profound and uh, very radical and a critical judgment there. Uh, seems excessive. But yet, God is holy and will not endure disobedience there in the children that he has created. He expects us all to be born again and to follow the way, the truth, and the life. But if we don't, there's some definite judgments that he has already, the precedent has already been stated, as we see in the Word of God. When we see in uh, there in Psalms, I'm sorry, Proverbs, um, when we see there in Proverbs, he tells us what to do. How do you train up a child? Do you, do you whip them in anger and wrath? No, we provoke them not to wrath. Uh, there are yelling and screaming at a child until we pro- provoke them uh, to wrath. But it does tell uh, tells and gives us instruction on how to train that child up in the fear, nurture, admonition of the Lord. Here we find in Proverbs 13. Verse 24, he that spareth his rod hateth his son. Now, that's a pretty strong indictment. Hates his son. If you hold back that chastening rod, the rod of correction, not to wrath, not to beat them for no reason, but a chasing rod of correction, reproof, rebuke, and correction. Where they know right from wrong, instilled in their conscience to know good from evil. And they've been trained there by the adult, mother or father, that literally will give an account for their children. It says he that that spareth his that uh, spareth his child and, uh, hateth his son, but he that loveth him chasteneth him be times, chastens him. Whips him. Now the chasing is not beat. It's chasing, it's whip. It's with a rod of correction. And that not in wrath. Totally laid out. This is why you're getting a chastening rod, not striking with a fist, not a striker, but a chastening rod. And uh, this is why why you're getting this chastening, because you disobeyed this or that. The rules have to be set forth. You cannot just whip a child, and God does not whip us or chasten us without giving us the right way, the truth, and the life. He says, uh, uh, to take a very uh, base kind of analogy, uh, we have a young son, let's say six years old. We tell the son, do not play in the street, and because you if you do, you could get run over by a car. Well, that tells you why you're not playing in the street. For your own protection, you could get run over by a car, so therefore don't do it. Child goes in the street, well, then you chasten the child, and not with in wrath or anger, but simply saying with uh, control, uh, their intemperance and faith, you chasten the child saying, this is why I love you, and I do not want you to be literally run over by a car, so I'm going to chasten you. And that not with a beating, but chastening rod. Now, what if you did not tell the child, do not go in the street because you could get run over by a car or an automobile? Well, then you wouldn't have no right to chasten the child because he does not know what is right or wrong. Well, the law, God gave us the law, that sin might appear exceedingly simple. It tells us what we can and should do and what we don't do. But it's weak in the flesh. So therefore, we have to be born again, and the Spirit of God then is life. It leads us unto the full measure and statue of Jesus Christ and the perfect image of Jesus, bringing many sons unto glory. So there'll be daughters, sons and daughters of God, the manifested sons of God, Uh, There that will reign and rule with Jesus in a thousand years as kings and priests in the earth. So he that spareth his rod. hateth his son. But he that loveth him, chasteneth him, be times, many times, not just once and said, well, I hope you got it. No, you love him. So whenever there's a wrong, then you correct it. Not in wrath or anger, but with a chastening rod. And then the child knows that he is loved. And uh, we see it again. That uh, uh, is a very uh, strong uh, sentence there of judgment in Proverbs 30, verse 17. The eye that mocketh at his father. Now, I know it's a mocking. Said it not. Foolishness and despises to obey his mother. Now, if we're not careful, a child that has no chastening whatsoever and is told, well, please do this or do that, as an adult, thinking that the good nature will prevail sooner or later, will find that that nature is after Adam. And he that spareth that rod spoils his child, but he that whips him drives the devil far from him. Well, without that rod, that devil is not going to be driven away. And this is where that we and as well as all nations that go in that basically man is good, not realizing that there is a way that train up a child in the fear and nurture of the Lord Jesus Christ, not in a, in a way of wrath or anger, but in nurturing and love with the rod. Now, that seems like an oxymoron, but it's not. It's the only way to do it. And the repercussions, the consequences, if we do not, are very, very uh, not uh, not only radical, but literally uh, damning. As we see here, it says, the eye that mocketh at his father and despises to obey his mother. It's despicable to them. It's foolishness to that child. The ravens of the valley shall pluck it out. The eyes of the children. The ravens shall pluck it out. And the young eagles shall eat it. Now it goes from ravens to eagles. Now that seems almost too excessive. The ravens going to pluck out the eyes, keep plucking at it, and then an eagle's going to eat the eye. Well, when we talk about the, the uh, eyes, notice it didn't say plural, it said the eye. Well, if thine eye be single, thy whole body's full of light. These are spiritual precedents, statutes, judgments of God and his commandments. And that thine eye, the eye to your spirit, be single, the whole body is full of light. But if thine eye is despicable to your mother, or literally, as it says there, mocks his father, it's foolishness to him. Well, what happens is in the spiritual realm, the ravens will pluck the eye out, that, that eye to, this, to the spirit of man, to that young, that young son. And in the ultimate end, the eagle will literally uh, eat the eye there will be no chance of that person being saved because they did—they mocked the things of God. They thought it was a despicable thing to honor the voice of the mother. And uh, just like uh, when Elisha uh, saw Elijah go up, and we're in that Elijah time, and then that Jesus ministry, the work of the ministry time now, Moses and Elijah, that new thing that God is doing and making new wineskins for the new wine, not in Pentecost, but in tabernacles and the Feast of Trumpets, the ministry voice of Jesus. Now, to have that double portion that we're going to have in the last days, we must see Elijah and what it means. Not just a man, but the ministry, the work of the ministry, that it's not Elijah. Elijah. It's not Moses, it's Christ. Uh, it wasn't Moses doing the judgment miracles uh, there, destroying the gods of Egypt. It was Christ in Moses. It was not Elijah doing the kingdom miracles and restoration. It was Christ in Elijah. And, of course, Jesus in the days of his flesh did redemption miracles only. were showing, showing of a truth that he is the redemption and he is the light. He is the resurrection, and he is the life. Well, Elisha is a type of that body of Christ in the last days that will receive a double portion. And we're seeing this ministry, and he says, Elijah said, if you see me go up. Notice he's already been over Jordan. He's in that new thing. And he said, if you see me go up, you will have a double portion. Elisha. Elijah Elohim is Jehovah. It's a revelation of Jesus. Then Elisha, God, is salvation. That is the final consummation of it in the fullness of the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ, in and through the body of Christ. And Elisha. When it came time for Elijah to go up the chariots, they're in a whirlwind came and picked up Elijah and carried him up uh, there into the heaven. Now, Elisha saw it. He understood what it is. Just saying that we must understand in the body of Christ what it is in this time of Elijah must first come and restore all things. Just as Jesus said on the Mount of Transfiguration in Matthew 17. He will restore all things, the time of the restitution of all things. For the heavens must receive Jesus until the times of the restitution or restoration of all things. Jesus is not coming back until all things of faith are restored and to the fullness of the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ and to a perfect man because the Lord Jesus is not coming back for a church that is still carnal, backbiting, envy, strife, hate, and malice. They're still carnal, be carnally mine is dead. He's coming back for a church without spot, without blemish, perfect in all her ways. That has made herself ready and a perfect image of Jesus Christ. Elisha sees this, and as Elijah is taken up by a whirlwind into the heaven, he says, "My father, my father." That's a small k f. Yeah. You're not a little child. You're not a newborn baby or a little child. You're not a young man. You're a father. My father, my father, the chariots of Israel and the horsemen thereof. The chariot or the cherubim. The horseman is the rhema that is revealed in and through the body of Christ. It's the faith that pulls your chariot of logos, the things that you have learned in faith. The rhema is your doing of it. That is the church of Israel and the horsemen thereof. It is the new thing that God is doing. It is a radical change and it will destroy the prophets of Baal, which prophesy peace when there is no peace. Now, notice there will be many that will stay not full grown, but their children. There will be 42 children that come up to Elisha and start marking, mocking him, just as it says here in Proverbs 30. Don't do that. Don't mock your father, and do not uh, there, uh, be despise the voice of your mother. Don't do it. But they mock the man of God. They mock this work of the ministry in the last days. They mock that Elijah that must come first and restore Restore all things. or The ministry of restitution or restoration. They mock it. And Elisha is carrying it out in the room of Elijah. And they, they say, 42 children, not full grown, not young men, not fathers, but these 42 little children. Say, go up thou bald head, go up thou bald head. And mocking the man of God. Two She bears come up out of the woods and tear them, and they are killed. Now, many people say that is too strong, too excessive a judgment of God, even though he is God. That is too excessive. And we will not serve a God like that. That's not a God of love. Yes, it is. Because we, as children of God, must grow up into him in all things, not to just babies our little children, which, whereby the children of the kingdom will be cast out, we have to go to the fulsome measure of the statue of Jesus Christ. And these things tells us that if we stay children, we will be cast out. It tells us they're the children that mocks his father and despises his mother, that the eye, the ravens will peck it. There's still time to repent, we'll peck it. But then finally, after being often reproved, the eagle will literally eat it up. The eye of revelation will be totally gone. Well, it shows us the severity of God, that he is holy, and what he expects, that we must revere him. We must fear him. And the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, knowing that he meant what he said and said what he meant. And the precedents are already there. The statutes, your judgments, the commandments of God. And the judgments are given already to us. What will happen? So therefore, we must not stay as little children. We must go on to the measure of the statute of the fullness of Christ and to a perfect man. And that is going up into Jesus in all things of faith so that we're not tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine, which will literally prevail in the earth as seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, hence so much that if it were possible, the very elect would be deceived by signs, miracles, and lying wonders, which they will have the power to do. So we need to give the most earnest seed. Now, if you have children, this works as well in the physical realm. There's only one way to do it, and that's in raising your children in the fear, nurturing, and admonition of the Lord. There's no other way. And no no parent likes to chasing their child, but we do it because we love them, and we don't want them to perish with the world. God does the same with us, so that we will not perish with the world. So it will bring forth the peaceable fruits of righteousness. So let us all give the the more earnest heed to these things which we've heard, lest at any time we let them slip, and if, take heed lest a promise slip any of us, that we should seem to come short of entering into his rest, that eternal Sabbath, that sabbatical, that still remaineth for the children of God. Well, if the Holy Ghost has spoke to you, you feel the witness of this, there we need to turn back to the living God, for he has torn, he'll heal us. He has smitten, he will bind us up. We're seeing the judgments of God in the earth, not to destroy mankind, but to get our attention, to return back to God, the true God and eternal life, not a trinity, not a binary, not a binary, of the two-ness or a oneness, but that the man is God, always has been God and will be God, and there is none other. Jesus is the Lord our Savior, God our Redeemer. That's Jesus Christ. We must get the truth and receive the truth doctrine of Christ. And if any man abide not in this doctrine of Christ, he hath not God, Second John 9. He is the Father of glory, and we are growing up into him in all things of faith. That is the testimony of Jesus. The Spirit beareth witness with your spirit. We'd like to meet you. God brings us into one now. We'd love to preach at your church. We'd love to have communion with you. We'd love to lift up the Lord Jesus Christ there with you and get to know you that labor among us. There, give me a call. Dennis Beard. That is 903-746-4885. You can write to me, Dennis Beard, Post Office, Box 2906, Longview, Texas, zip code 75606. You can message us over our websites, sealinggodspeople.org, sealinggodspeople.com, or dennisbeard.org. We want to thank all of you for your prayerful support and your generous offerings, whereby we are able to keep the podcast coming to you over the air, Sealing God's People which we've received of the Lord on the 19th of January, 2019. And we've done our best to obey that in bringing this to you over the podcast. Until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Spirit saying, Behold, the real Jesus.